This is News Talk 980 CKNW. As you heard John mention there, the counting starts tomorrow. And uh, as Lisa used to mention, Courtney Comox, certainly there will be a lot of people watching and waiting to see what happens in a riding that was decided by just nine votes. While we wait for the results of the absentee ballots and of the recounts, a group called Democracy Watch is calling on all of the parties in B.C. or the party, whichever party, Forms government is uh, the one that is victorious after the vote count to make a number of changes and changes that Democracy Watch says are needed to ensure democratic politics right across B.C. Well, Duff Conacher is the co-founder of Democracy Watch and joins us on the line. Duff, good morning. Good morning. Uh, it's, a, it's a list of what to, Democracy Watch says of 10 things that are needed to uh, in store, I suppose, uh, in store, re- restore, bring in democracy to the province. What is the most important in your mind? Yeah, I would say bring in to the province because uh, there's nothing to restore that's never been in place um, in BC or anywhere in Canada. Um, and essentially, the overall problem are in five areas. No one in BC politics, no one in Canadian politics, is effectively required to be honest, ethical, open representative and waste preventing. And how would you change that? Well, uh, number one, an honesty in politics law. The voters have heard a bunch of promises during the election campaign, and they know that some of them are bluffs. And essentially every voter in B.C. and across Canada are in a position where it's like you're playing poker, and your money is on the table because you're paying taxes, and uh, you're trying to decide which of the people you're playing with, who are the party leaders, are bluffing you, and which ones are telling the truth. And it's a really fundamental voter rights problem uh, and a violation of voter rights because you are having to uh, bet with your money, with your vote, without knowing exactly which one of the promises are not true. And that's why we need an honesty in politics law. We need to have a penalty in place for politicians who, who uh, break their promises, and also in between elections for politicians and government officials who lie to voters. And it should be a significant fine, up to uh, a minimum fine of a year's salary, because that's what we need to break the culture of dishonesty that uh, infects, uh, unfortunately, and undermines Canadian politics in our democracy. How would you prove something like that, though? And I'll use I'll use a federal example. Uh, Justin Trudeau, the federal liberals uh, campaigned on a promise of electoral reform. They then came out and said we couldn't find consensus. Uh, there's no consensus here. The committee can't do this. We're abandoning this. Uh, they would argue, I would say, that they 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 had the intention of doing that, and then it became impossible. As some other promises, uh, maybe even LNG in this province, there was the intention to have LNG be a major factor in our economy, and then the markets changed. So how would you actually prove that they were being dishonest in the first place? Right. Well, let's take the first example, uh, the promise that we would never have a vote again under our system, the current system that the Liberals made. They didn't put any conditions on that. They didn't say that there would have to be a consensus. Um, they didn't say that uh, even a majority would have to support the change that they made. So they lied. If they had put a condition on it and said, we will change the voting system if there is a consensus, 
then they wouldn't be lying because they would be able to say there isn't a consensus. But they said, no, the, the last election, 2015, would be the last election under the current voting system. It was a straight-up commitment with no conditions at all, and therefore it was a lie. They were baiting voters with a false promise. Now, the LNG, uh, Democracy Watch's proposal would be that if something truly unforeseen happened, like a sudden uh, crash in the price of uh, a resource that, or, or sudden change in the economy or some financial crisis that no one could have foreseen, and that changed what a government could do in terms of spending or development of something, then that would be a valid excuse. But it would have to be truly unforeseen. And that means that no one would have been predicting it. And uh, no one w- was predicting that the natural gas prices would collapse the way they did. Um, so they would have been able to um, get out of that promise without a penalty. So only the most blatant promises and the most blatant lies would be caught by this system. It wouldn't work 100%. No law does. But it would be a heck of a lot better than the system we have now, which is that politicians can legally bait voters with false promises and then switch direction when they get into power and face no penalty. And they can lie about what they're doing in between elections. I mean, people are wondering, why don't voters, uh, more voters pay attention to politics? Why would you pay attention to a fictional drama that's not that interesting when there's far more interesting fictional dramas on TV with better-looking people as well? <laughs> And, and, and better plot lines. So it's not surprising that people don't pay attention to politics when you get spin from the ruling party, counterspin from the opposition parties, and it's all lies. Why would you pay attention to something like that? So honesty in politics is one of the number one things, but we also need several changes to ensure that everyone in politics is required to be ethical, open, representative, and waste-preventing. Uh, you also have uh, number eight on the list is to change the voting system. Uh, I know Andrew Weaver is uh, creating a bit of a stir with the idea that he would change it without a referendum. Do you think, is that okay, or does it need to go to a referendum? No, a, a referendum is not necessary. There are equally valid ways of consulting with the public um, that inform them just as much. Uh, a referendum can actually be very misleading if you uh, don't have an honesty in politics law, first of all, so the no side and the yes side uh, have to be honest about the implications of changing the voting system. Um, there's a best practice consultation method called study circles, and what it involves is uh, the government commissions a truly independent uh, organization, and that's key because the politicians can't be involved in this or they'll try and manipulate it one way or another. And uh, they set up small focus groups of 15 to 20 people. And uh, you can have as many of them as you want across the province. And those people sit down and they study the issue first. And they, they hear from stakeholders and they hear from the government and all the sides about what uh, they think should be done with, with the voting system or with any other issue. This is best practice way to consult with the public. And then they study it through a few sessions that are facilitated by professionals so that everyone gets a chance to be heard, no one's dominating the conversation, and people's questions are being answered. And then in the fourth or fifth session, uh, after meeting in these small groups, people actually fill out their answers as to what they think should be done, and then all those answers are compiled together. And that's statistically valid. If, if the people are selected randomly, like in, a, in any valid poll, and they're representative of the makeup of the demographics of the population of BC, then by having a couple of thousand people sit down and do this and study the issue, you come up with just as good an answer that's just as representative of the public as you would through a referendum. 
But didn't we have that? We had the Citizens Assembly for electoral reform uh, no. not that long ago. Yeah, see, no, Citizens Assembly, I, I, uh, Democracy Watch's position is that's not as good a, a system because you only usually have 100 to 200 people, whereas through the study circles you can involve, you know, 2,000, have 20 groups uh, of 10 people each, and you have 2,000 people involved. And, um, uh, or sorry, uh, 200 groups of 10 people each, and you have 2,000 people involved. And so you have more people involved for the study circles. Also, when you have a citizen assembly, and there's 150 people or so in a room, if there's a few people that are very charismatic, they can drive that one way or another. And um, that was done in B.C., and, you know, B.C. actually had a referendum where it passed. 57% voted in favor. Uh, the government said 60% was required for that change, whereas all sorts of other changes to laws that are just as important are made with 50% plus one. Um, the best way to do it is to do the, the study circles have the 2,000 or 3,000, you can, you know, as much as the government wants to fund, you can have more of these small groups working uh, through the issue and learning about it and then, and then giving their answers. And then what, whatever comes out of that, if there is, a, a, you know, 70% or 80% support doing one thing or another, then you could put that question to the public in a referendum and you'd likely get 70 to 80% support because you'd already had it through the study circle process. So that's the way to do it as the best practice model. Sweden does this all the time with their public consultations, and it's really a model that every country in the world should follow. Uh, what about concerns, though, that uh, that proportional representation does leave uh, to, to governments that aren't nearly as stable, uh, they're more expensive, uh, there's more spending, and you have more elections? Well, th- that's not really proven in terms of stability, first of all. Um, you don't generally have uh, more elections uh, when you look across all the different countries. If you design the system, no one who's supporting that change in Canada wants a system where if you get uh, 0.1% of the vote, then you get one seat in the in the legislature. Most people uh, that are pushing for it want a threshold where you'd have to get uh, 3% of the vote or 5% of the vote. So that uh, helps um, to not have you know, fringe parties that really only have very minor support, being able to have seats in the legislature and and hold up the things that the larger parties have all agreed that they want to do. And um, so when you have that kind of system, you don't actually end up with more elections. You have just as much stability as we have now. You have compromises, yes. Um, The parties have to compromise and work together to push anything through the legislature. But generally, that is shown to be uh, healthy. You know, the International uh, International Parliamentary Union, which is the international association of governments across the world that have a parliamentary system, says that proportional representation is the best system. It's produced the best results for the most people in terms of policy changes across the world. All right. Well, Duff, we have to leave it there. We're out of time today, but uh, I'm guessing with all of the counting going on here and uh, things uh, changing, perhaps not changing uh, in BC, we will talk to you again. Thank you so much for being with us. My pleasure. And people can see much more at democracywatch.ca. 
All right, that is Duff Conacher. He is a co-founder of Democracy Watch. I am curious what you think about this and the call for electoral reform, for a change in the system. Are you supportive of that change, or do you like the system we have now? Or are you fine uh, with the system we have now? You can give the Buzz line a call, 604-331-BUZZ. That is 604-331-2899. You can leave a voicemail message there. You can also text the Buzz line if you would prefer to get your point across that way. Uh, personally, I voted in the past, in the last election, the May 9th election, as uh, hopefully many of you did as well. The candidate I voted for didn't win, but I don't feel like my vote was wasted. I still voted for somebody. I cast a ballot. And in democracies, there are winners and there are losers. But I know there is much more to the conversation. Again, give the buzz line a call if you want to uh, share your opinion on this uh, topic. Vancouver's News. Vancouver's Talk. This is News Talk 980 CKNW.